GBC Podcasts, local voices on demand. Hello, thank you for listening to the Gibraltar Today podcast. I'm Jonathan Scott. It's very almost time for the NatWest International Island Games taking place in Guernsey. Gibraltar will compete there in athletics, badminton, cycling, shooting, sailing, swimming, table tennis, tennis and triathlon. GBC sports reporter Davey Wilson brought us an update from Jersey where the team's charter plane made a pit stop. New domestic abuse legislation has come into force, giving police and the courts more powers. We got the details from the Justice Minister, Samantha Sacramento. And the Calentita Food Festival is back. 17 stalls will offer a range of international food on Saturday night at John McIntosh Square, the Piazza, as well as Campion Park and the Boulevard in between. We spoke to organiser Owen Smith. But first... Prominent political and business people in Gibraltar who invested in the collapsed cryptocurrency firm Globix have been named by the Financial Times. According to the newspaper, they include former Chief Minister Sir Peter Caruana and opposition leader Keith Asopardi. Our reporter Ros Astengo has been following the story. Damien Carreras is a Gibraltarian and he's the sole shareholder behind Globix. And uh, yeah, we are interested in the names of the investors, which the Financial Times have named a few of them. Uh, We understand that there are more, but I think it's very important to remember that these people themselves have not been involved in any way at all with what's happened to Globix. What they have done is just invest money. So um, So they they have placed their own money into this. um, uh, Yes. They've basically bought some uh, cryptocurrency, although I'm not sure if it literally was a cryptocurrency, but they they, uh, invested their own money into this cryptocurrency firm, firm, hoping to make a return. There's no suggestion that they did anything wrong. Absolutely. And that's, I think this is very important to remember, Jonathan, that they are investors. They haven't actually, they're not involved in any shape or form or in, in, uh, as far as information that we have in the collapse of this firm. All they've done is invest their money now. And the Financial Times have named a few of them. I think the two most prominent ones are the ones that we've named ourselves, which is the former Chief Minister, Sir Peter Caruana, and the leader of the opposition, uh, Keith Azapardi. But as for everyone else, um, you know, I think we take the view that there are a number of people on that list. And uh, as you know, GBC has sought... Uh, legal recourse to to get a hold of that list. Yes, yes, we've applied to the Supreme Court to to try and obtain uh, the the um, uh, documents pertaining to this litigate uh, to this um, liquidation. Uh, but uh, so far, we have not been able. Uh, to do so because we were asked to uh, become a party to proceedings, working from memory. So forgive me if I'm wrong, but, but long story short, we have not actually seen uh, the the list of investors ourselves, but the suggestion from the Financial Times is that it includes uh, not just public office holders, but also prominent business people, um, lawyers, um, among other Lawyers involved in the crypto space as well. Who, who are involved in the mm. crypto space. And this is what... Uh, what I think Scott Cipollina himself, uh, a Gibraltarian writing for the Financial Times, uh, has said is that uh, these are people who are um, in effect setting up this space for, for new industry in Gibraltar. Uh, and, um, and I suppose it, it, it's not a good look. Yeah. Um, for people who are setting it up to also be people who have been duped. But I, I suppose in their defense as well, they, they probably make a lot of different investments because uh, they're probably um, 
fairly wealthy people uh, and they've made a number of investments and I'm sure a number of them have gone well for them uh, and this one has not. Well, as you say, Jonathan, it does kind of raise questions as to the credibility of the jurisdiction and I put that question to the government today and asked them for a response to that FT article. The answer I got was, well, the government declined to comment other than saying that this was a matter which is presently subject of civil proceedings in the Supreme Court. It adds Globix is a BVI company and not subject to regulation in Gibraltar. And in fact, that pretty much echoes what the Minister for Finance, um, Digital and Financial Services, Albert Isola, told me on Viewpoint a few weeks ago. Gibraltar Today with Jonathan Scott. We're going to talk about the new domestic abuse legislation which has come into force, which gives uh, the police and the court of law new powers to tackle new offences. Uh, it's, um, it's a project that the Minister for Justice, Samantha Sacramento, has been working hard on for months uh, and she presented uh, the new legislation um, with the Police Commissioner, Richard Alger, and uh, the Minister is in the studio now uh, to discuss it with us. Um, you must be very pleased, Miss Sacramento, to, to get this over the line because I know it's a, it, it's a project that means a lot to you. Hi, Jonathan. Thanks uh, for the invitation to come. And yes, uh, most certainly, this has been a piece of work that has been years in the making. So it's it's absolutely fantastic to be able to be in this position where the law that we passed in January has now come into effect. The law, as you said, introduces uh, new new provisions uh, included in that are new criminal offences. One of the important ones, which was a gap in our existing legislation, is the new criminal offence of coercive behaviour. Until now, um, domestic abuse really has been limited to acts of violence, but it no longer is under the new legislation. Coercive control is something that is sometimes difficult to understand. A lot of victims who find themselves in situations of coercive control don't even know that they are victims of domestic abuse so we're trying to raise as much awareness on that subject as as possible so one of the things that you've done is is um to to launch a, a social media campaign and we can play a clip that uh, the government has produced to help us to understand what coercive behavior and coercive abuse means isolating you from family friends and support networks choosing what you wear taking away your keys using intimidation or humiliating you, controlling your finances and limiting your access to money, using location tracking to monitor your every move, monitoring your phone calls, emails and social media. These are all examples of different forms of coercive control. Coercive control is a crime. Report it. Call the Royal Gibraltar Police on 200 725 so that does give us um, a, a very helpful steer. Um, the Justice Minister, Samantha Sacramento, is in the studio. Ms. Sacramento, that gives us a very helpful steer uh, on, on what this is because when we think of domestic abuse, the, the, the first thing I think that comes to mind is somebody who is physically abusive towards uh, somebody else, their partner in, in many cases. But this is uh, more nuanced but, but, but very serious nevertheless. Yes, and it's sometimes just as serious or even more serious. What we find in cases of domestic abuse is that usually there, there will be a combination of coercive behaviour as well as violent behaviour, but usually it's the coercive behaviour that starts the whole process and it's a, a process where the victim will feel disempowered to the extent that when they, they realise that they're victims of domestic abuse, they find it very difficult to leave the situation. 
on Radio Gibraltar and on GBC Television. Gibraltar Today with Jonathan Scott. We're going to move on to the Island Games now because 73 of our athletes are on their way to Guernsey to take part in that competition. Our team from GBC is also travelling with them to bring us the latest on the Games as they unfold. We hear now from former Olympian and Athletics Assistant Manager Joslyn Hoyt-Smith, Team Manager Kim Chan and also first to flag bearer Louis Shishon. It's a privilege uh, and honour to be the flag bearer for Gibraltar after so many years uh, from 1989 going to the Island Games. It's a stepping stone to go to a World Championship and European Championship because it's a level which we can compete because, as you know, we get always uh, bring medals to Gibraltar and it's uh, a good experience uh, for the youngsters, giving them something for when they go to the other uh, competitions. Normally in this scenario we would have two years in the making, but this is big, it's been four years in the making. How does it feel for you as one of the event organisers for the Gibraltar team leaving today? Uh, just a really exciting, David. Uh, yeah, obviously all the athletes have been training. They were training for 2021 when it was first supposed to be held, now, yeah, yeah, two years after that, so uh, 2023, everyone's very excited. Uh, we're all on board now and we're ready to go. The people at home see the flag, the red shirts, and the athletes. We know they work hard and they're going to walk out on the opening parade, but they don't see the hard work that goes in behind the scenes for you guys. How does it feel now to be here today? Uh, as I said, uh, Davey, yeah, no, it's, it's a lot of hard work and. Uh, the organising committee of the Gibraltar Island Games Association committee have put in a lot of work, and especially Linda Alvarez and Louis Shishon have put in a lot of work to get people here. Even the flights, so Harry Murphy has, has worked diligently to get uh, the, the charter flights we need uh, to get to Jersey and then to Guernsey, and obviously the charter flights are needed because of the, the firearms, the bikes and the equipment we have to take. Well, I am with predominantly looking after the track and field athletes. Uh, they were a manager short, so I'm the assistant manager for them, which I'm excited about. Uh, but I'm here to support the whole team and look and see what we can do with the Institute for the next Island Games to help them prepare. Um, there's so many people here, I'm not going to remember the names, but I'm really excited about going. It's like getting ready to go to a, a major competition, everybody in the same kit, everybody relaxed, everybody getting the luggage through. So I'm really looking forward to the beginning of the competition. I've got, um, I'm involved with the conference at the beginning and a couple of the athletes are going to help me with that. We're going to be looking at how they respond and how they feel when they're injured and how they cope with going through rehab. So I'm looking forward to the Games. I'm going to call it the Games for me. And I'm really excited about seeing everybody compete. Wow, uh, that's Joslyn Hoyt-Smith, who is the Assistant Athletics Manager, as well as uh, we heard Team Manager Kim Chang and Flag Bearer Louis Shishon. Uh, our sports team is travelling with the athletes and our reporter Davy Wilson uh, is in Jersey at the moment as the team waits to fly on to Guernsey later today. It's a very quiet jersey, but very beautiful. The flight in was fantastic. The athletes seem to be excited. I'm stood next to one of our star badminton players. Good morning. How was your flight? It was pleasant. Had a great breakfast on the flight. It was good. Good breakfast it was, wasn't it? Scrambled egg needs a bit of workload, doesn't it? I, I thought it was good. I, I liked it. I loved it. I loved it. Yeah. So as we look around the airport, that was lovely. Thank you. Thank you. Um, 
as we look around the airport, there's lots of red and white and happy faces. Uh, we have a, a medium delay before we uh, make our way in the very penultimate leg to get to uh, Guernsey. And then it'll just be from the airports to our accommodation. But um, yeah, the, everyone's happy. Everyone's smiling. And the mood hasn't changed. If anything, the flight across here, which was so lovely, ha has increased the ambient mood temperature and it's back up where it needs to be, especially for an island game's excitement all round. And um, yeah, we are looking forward to it as much as the people at home are looking forward to hearing about how well we do. Thank you to GBC Sports reporter Davy Wilson for painting a picture in Jersey. Uh, the team uh, are on their way to Guernsey to take part in the NatWest International Island Games. We look forward to plenty of coverage in the coming days. Gibraltar Today with Jonathan Scott. What are you planning for the weekend? Will you be popping down to Galendita? The food festival returns tomorrow for the first time well, proper since 2019. There was uh, a sort of... Uh, the Juvelita was uh, built on a, a very similar format. Uh, that was good fun last year, enjoyed by many. But this is the return proper of Galentita, uh, including many of your favourite local dishes. And here to tell us more is the organiser, Owen Smith. Good afternoon, Mr Smith. How are you <laughs> and how are preparations going? Uh, very well, thank you. I'm good and preparations are going very well. Um, we're just, I mean, today is the day where we're doing all our setup and so on. So We've yeah, seen like the sweet. tents going up at uh, John McIntosh Square and also at uh, Governor's Parade. Uh, that's, uh, Campion, uh, Campion's Park, sorry. Yeah, so it's um, Galadilla's taking place this year, not in casemates as it has been in previous years, but it's moving home to Piazza, to the boulevard and to Campion Park, which is a really beautiful part of the middle of our city. So it's basically uh, from um, John McIntosh Square, La Piazza, uh, the the boulevard which separates that and Campion Park and also Campion Park. So a nice That's sort right. of, a nice spreaded area, but also fairly close together. Yeah, it's well. easy to walk from one area to another and to, you know, hopefully enjoy those areas and the different foods and drinks and entertainment that will be so, taking place in each. So, so you felt that last year it worked well uh, in, in that area? Yeah, I mean, last year, I mean, we had loads of positive feedback about the event. Um, you know, it was it had a much more relaxed atmosphere because we were because it was spread out over multiple areas. And so people came and they wandered from one place to another. And uh, and so we thought with with that really positive feedback, it would be a good idea to repeat it. Okay, but uh, without the governor's parade element. Uh, that's right. Yeah, um, I mean the, the the issue with that is it's slightly further separated, and the walking routes between it are a little bit, um, you know, traffic. <laughs> City Mill Lane isn't the best for walking, so we felt maybe uh, just on safety grounds it would be better not to encourage people to have a few drinks and then. You know, so, so this is sort of like an area that's spread but not but still contained at the same time. Yeah, exactly. I think, and it's also they're also really nice areas of Gibraltar, especially you know when we set them up for events. We've got tables and chairs and there's trees and we're going to light it all up very beautifully and so on. I think it's, um, and it's also a place that because there are fewer bars and restaurants around that area that less people tend to hang out there, particularly in the evenings. And uh, so there's a, an element of novelty, I think, about it, which people really enjoy. Thanks for listening to those highlights from Gibraltar Today. I'm Kelly M. Borge, the show's producer. We're live on Radio Gibraltar Monday to Friday from 1 to 2, getting behind the headlines. And you can catch up here whenever you like. Until next time, have a good one. GBC Podcasts. Local voices on demand.